Hey, and welcome back to Sean Leary's QC Uncut, your podcast for uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers, hosted by me, Sean Leary. And uh, my guest today is one of my most frequent guests, actually. It's uh, Rock Island Mayor Mike Tomes. I first had Mike on the podcast back when he was running for mayor, and I have since had him on as a guest. He's always a great conversationalist and always very open about um, the stuff going on in Rock Island, which I appreciate it. And we were talking about that before we got recording. Um, We're talking about the importance of transparency in government. And the fact that the more people know about what's going on behind the scenes, I think they can be a better informed citizenry and can better get a better picture as to what's going on and also the intricacies as to uh, you know how things happen in terms of the government. And um, along those lines, um, we're meeting today to discuss a, a few of the issues going on in the city, but uh, predominantly right now because this coming Wednesday... October 30th, um, they're going to be holding the City Council edition of Rock Island Unplugged. Now, Rock Island Unplugged, I know it sounds very similar to our podcast here, QC Uncut, and it's a lot um, along the same philosophical lines. Um, People can show up ask the city council or ask whoever um, any questions that they want to. And it is, of course, um, uncut, unedited, uncensored. People can talk about whatever they'd like. And the next one is going on this coming Wednesday, October 30th. The doors open at 530. The discussion goes from 6 to 730 p.m. And it's going on at the Riverfront Grill, which is at 461934th Street in Rock Island. It's going to feature the city council and mayor. Mike Tomes. Mike, how did uh, Unplugged get started and um, how uh, has it been going? You know, it's been going real well, I guess, to answer that part of the uh, question uh, uh, first. And uh, we've had, uh, you know, I'll call it uh, 60, 80 people there and it's been growing each time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it got started once again. Everybody on city council, when they ran for their their ward and everything else, uh, they ran on a platform of transparency. And so that's one thing that we all had in common. Mm -hmm. And so why not work with that and have a format that fits that? So uh, Jason Wild, our marketing person, came up with this format, and it's been working real well. Explain how the format runs. Um, What exactly is Rock Island Unplugged for those of you who have not been there? We had two different formats. Uh, The first two, the uh, department uh, managers got up on a stage and uh, gave a little explanation of what they do for the city mm-hmm. and what things that they're involved with, and then the audience can ask questions. This third one is going to be a little different. The city council members and myself are going to sit up on the stage and answer the questions and listen to ideas that the citizens have. So a little different uh, different people up there, same, I guess, format, uh, but uh, so it, it, that's what it's about, is that people have a chance to uh, have dialogue, even amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but along with that, we get to hear what their thoughts are, what their priorities are. Um, and so we can use those on our uh, day-to-day and when we're uh, talking about setting policies. Um, judging on the things that you've heard in the past, what are some of the biggest concerns that you're aware of among Rock Island residents in terms of things that um, they uh, are concerned about in regard to the city, things that they'd like to see happen with the city, things of that nature? 
You know, I, uh, I'll say, I hate to say it, but the first one is a complaint with uh, the condition of roads. <laughs> you know, it's uh, potholes or fix this street or how come it's taking so long. That's the first thing we've heard. We hear them loud and clear. Uh, can't argue the fact that we have a number of roads that need some repair. Uh, but that's the number one thing that uh, that we've picked, take, taken back from it. Uh, the others are, uh, I guess, uh, things like um, uh, cutting budget and, and working on watching expenses, property taxes, mm-hmm. uh, trying to keep those into control uh, and not uh, letting, uh, letting them get too high or higher. They're already right. too high, but yeah. higher. Uh, so those, are, I guess, are kind of the hot ones that we've uh, heard that consistently have been out there. Then there's been some uh, here and there about oh, animals in the cold, uh, you know, being outside. Winter's coming up here now, mm-hmm. and uh, people get concerned about uh, animals being tied up outside, cold, no water, no food. So we've heard a few of those type of uh, things of ordinance. Uh, a little bit about the, uh, the cannabis uh, issues coming up. We've heard about that. Um, boy. I can't think of any others right off the top. You're, you're taking some of my questions I was going to ask you, Mike. <laughs> Let's get started with the property tax issue. Uh, myself being a longtime Rock Island resident, I'm also always very concerned about property taxes going up. We're hearing um, the county wants to raise taxes 9%, which, you know, I don't know if they were afraid to just say 10% and wanted to do the, you know, 999 sales job or something. But the taxes people already feel are, are high. And raising them is just making people a little bit more disgruntled. Um, what, if anything, can the city do in regard to, to the property taxes and trying to get them down? You know, there's not, I'll say, I want to say there's not a whole lot we can do. Short term, there's not a whole lot we can do. Long term is, uh, the biggest way is to get more uh, industry in the community uh, and also retail sales. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about new buildings. Uh, houses are another one. They don't bring in as much, as much as we think we are property taxes are high. The biggest bang for the buck is when you can build a 100,000-square-foot warehouse or mm-hmm. uh, an office building or get some retail in. There you're going to get a bigger bang uh, for the dollar and help the property taxes uh, compared to housing. We do need housing. So that's the first thing that we uh, need to do, but that's long-term. You don't see the results of that for several years mm-hmm. at the earliest, unfortunately. Um, the other to, to try to keep them down is trying to cut expenses. Um, you know, the, the city of Rock Island, the staff, has done a great job in the past. You know, I say past, past eight years or so of working on cutting out expenses. Mm-hmm. So there's not much left uh, to cut out, believe right. it or not. As much as we think about, we see people standing over a uh, hole fixing a water main break, and it's kind of like, wait a minute, there's three people standing, one working. Mm-hmm. Well, there's issues for reasons for some sure, of those. Yeah. Not getting to the devil's the detail, but the safety, et cetera. Yeah, of course. But, so we're still trying to work on some of those type of, uh, of solutions, but it really, there's very little left to cut. Payroll is about 70% of our budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now you, the, the, to have the big bang is to cut people. Where do you cut? Right. As soon as we cut more people, services are going to be affected. Right. Um, if you cut people in the, in the street department, uh, plowing and that sort of thing, we're cutting those services that right. we've had some uh, good quality in. Uh, police officers, firemen, uh, you start cutting those, now it causes overtime with the existing ones, which is expensive. Uh, so we're getting down to the bare bones, unfortunately, of, of where those can happen. Uh, the other one big expense is, uh, um, is pensions. Police and fire pensions to start with, and then uh, and then the public works uh, people. 
you know, they've been, uh, when things were good, they were promised some nice pensions. Unfortunately, things are not as good economy-wise with that whole situation. And so they're very, very expensive. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we cannot change those. That is something the city has zero control over. It's mm -hmm. a state-controlled issue. So Springfield uh, mandates those, uh, those, those rates. They mandate uh, uh, how it's calculated. Uh, so um, there's nothing we can do with that. So unfortunately, uh, the, uh, the, the, the light at the end of that tunnel is a ways away. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it. It's, it's a depressing topic, and uh, we still may end up raising taxes. We've done it the last two years. Our goal is not to raise property taxes sure. this year, and that is a number one goal. And we're going to work very hard at it. Um, we're working on the budget as we speak. And so uh, uh, it, it's a concern of the, uh, the council. They have heard loud and clear, don't raise taxes. They're right. getting too high. So it's not like we're not hearing them, mm -hmm. but the bills have to get paid. Exactly. Um, it's interesting to listen to you mention big buildings. If w we could get some big bu building development here, it could help with taxes. And um, I'm going to ask you this question because you actually are on my coming on my show. I'd love to ask somebody from the county board this question, but despite the fact that I've put out public invitations to, you know, all 25 county board members, and I personally contacted a few of them myself, nobody wants to appear on this show to answer these questions. So I'm going to ask you. The uh, the building right here across the street, caddy corner from us, um, county board wants to demolish it, and a group of citizens in the city want it to be renovated, want it to be put out there for bids for um, private use. Um, the argument I've heard plenty of from the Save the Courthouse people because I've had them on the show, I've talked to them. And their side of things is there are developers out there, Joe Lemon. I talked to Joe Lemon. People, they've, been, again, been on this show, talked about how they want to develop it. Um, that couldn't help the tax rolls of the city. So all I'm seeing is the one side of things, and I fully admit that I'm only getting one side. But it's also kind of the fault of the other side for not talking to me and telling everybody else what their side of things is other than when they send letters to the newspaper. So um, what can be done in regard to that? It's obviously costing the county money to keep fighting these legal bills. Um, is there a, a, an easy solution to this? What is the solution to this problem in terms of the courthouse? Um, if it was a cut and dried thing of, yeah, it's best to demolish it, but if they demolish it, isn't it gonna, it's gonna cost money for the county to demolish it. That takes money away. If they sell it, then it's somebody else's problem. Then they have to deal with, with that. Um, the argument for selling it, obviously, is that would help taxes because it would bring in more tax revenue. What's your position in regard to, to this hot-button topic, Mike? I know you're, you're just thrilled for me to bring this up. But like I said, and again, anybody who is listening to this who is on the county board, I would love to hear your side of the story. I really would because I want to hear, and I know our listeners want to get the full picture. And we have, admittedly, only gotten one side of the story. But that is because that side has been willing to come forward and talk about it. We want to get both sides up things. So, again, invitation is open 
Sean at quadcities.com is my email. I'm on Facebook. You can contact me quite easily. Please do. Mike, what, what are your feelings in regard to the situation, especially since the county wants to now raise taxes, and a lot of people who are save the court, courthouse types are like, you wouldn't have to raise them as much if you would get rid of this building. You know, I would love to give the answer of, it's the county <laughs> issue, not the city, no comment. Right. But I won't be quite that short in that uh, and vague on it. Uh, you know, there's the... I guess I want to, I guess, bring up a couple issues with that is that there's the economic side of it. Mm-hmm. There's the emotional side of it, sure. the historical right. uh, side of it. And, else. and so and it's, everybody views these things a little differently. When you're uh, selling your home right. or remodeling or whatever, if you're selling, you're a little more emotionally attached to it. You think it's worth more than maybe it is. Mm-hmm. And... So that can make a difference of, of how you know what you do. So that's where the the people with history and historic stuff. That's the angle they come from. Very justified. Mm-hmm. Very justified. And you can't rebuild some history. You can keep the memory, but you can't rebuild the physical parts about it. Very important part. And so uh, I'll back up a little bit. Shame on the county board years ago for not maintaining it. Right. So it had this has to uh, be an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess if there's some blame to put on, that's where it is, is numbers of years ago. I couldn't tell you how many, but a number of years ago. Sure. Now, that's water over the dam. I uh, can't go back and do that. The other is that the, uh, I, I, I guess I would criticize some people for is that uh, in, this, in the county for being maybe a little more transparent. Mm-hmm. And when a lot of businesses are looking at buying a building, building a building, they buy extra acreage. So if they grow, or when they grow, they want to be able to have room to expand. Right. That's what the county's wanting. The county has built the jail a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. They added on to the jail. Now they did the annex uh, for the uh, justice system. They want to be, continue to have land bank, some land, to be able to expand in the future. Mm-hmm. 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And that's the only direction they can go. They can't go the other. They're landlocked going west. Sure. So they have to come east toward the bridge. So if you're going to look at to, you know, other uh, processes or programs that the county has, the juvenile detention center, the county administration building, the uh, health department, those buildings are not on that site. They do view that there's economic, uh, makes economic sense and savings to be able to get all of those entities onto one site potentially either one building or multiple buildings on that site. Sure. So that's the only place they can expand. So they're looking at it as a business to a certain degree is that we, even though you could save the courthouse by selling it to a private, but now you have no room to expand. You know, that makes sense to me, Mike, and it would have been real nice to have someone from the county board come forward and say that exact same thing that you just said. And that is what exactly exactly what we're talking about is the, the importance of transparency. The way you explain that in logical fashion as to this is why this would make sense. That somebody like me, I don't have that emotional investment. I'm thinking about it strictly from a financial perspective of what makes best financial sense for the city. And to me, hearing all the other arguments in terms of privatizing it, it made much more financial sense to me to sell the building, let somebody else buy it, renovate it, add it to the tax rolls, et cetera. That makes sense. Well, when you explain it in that fashion, that also makes sense from a logical perspective. We hadn't been hearing that. Mm-hmm. And that's the, I think that's a big problem is you've got – 
25 people who have been elected as public representatives who are supposed to be transparent and let the public know what's going on, and they haven't. And if they had been a little bit more forward the way you just have been, at least people can get both sides of the story. Can, at least people can get a better perspective on, okay, well, that, makes, that actually makes sense. Just the whole thing that's been thrown out there, well, we want to make a green space on it. That doesn't make any sense to me. And most people thinking logically. But the fact that they don't have any other place to go and that they're holding it kind of for potential future development, that actually has some sort of sense of logic to it. Correct. I mean, you, and you can continue with that is that, you know, they need the other buildings they have could be still saved, but run in a different purpose. Let's take the county administration building could be great apartments, great condos, office space to be uh, renovated for attorneys or whatever it is. And so the county could add on over there, move the county administration over and rehab that building. Uh, and then the county sees savings once again, have it on a one site. Um, and once again, we talk about the county raising property taxes. Right. Don't like it. I'm not sure that maybe they've done enough cutting of expenses to uh, to really, uh, I guess, hurt. But in material, if that saves them money by locating everything on one site, don't we want that? It helps control property taxes. Sure, exactly. And so that's where I think the long term does make sense. Um, that they should be looking at the future. They've got these bonds uh, that they've used and just basically refinanced these bonds. They took $28 million, built their original jail. They paid those down, refinance, do the addition. They pay those down, then do the court uh, justice system uh, uh, addition. Mm-hmm. Pay those down, and then now do the next expansion. So they're not out looking for new money and going for a referendum just sort of saying we want to tax more. Mm-hmm. They're sort of saying we're going to pay our debt off, like refinancing your home or whatever. We're going to put our debt down and then refinance it without having to affect the taxpayers. Um, so they're, they're, that part is a, is a smart thing to do. Now, is it transparent? People think that there should be a referendum. Every time they do bonds, there should be a referendum and people vote on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an argument you could... Go on for days, uh, whether that should happen when they do those bonds. Um, But in this case, they're refinancing the bonds and not affecting your tax rate. Now, if they paid them off and didn't do the refinance it, in theory, it could affect your tax rates by going down Mm -hmm. because they don't have the bond payments anymore. Um, But the same token is they have maintenance, high maintenance of these buildings as they get older, Mm -hmm. and they still need to make sure that they either have money for that and or build new to uh, reduce those expenses. So that, it, it, there's where the economic side comes in, mm-hmm. more than the emotional side sure. of a historic building. Um, so long answer. Uh, unfortunately, I think it might be time for it to come down and move forward. Uh, that building has now, because of the way they've handled it, uh, gets beyond the point of, of being able to do anything. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And once again, the invitation is open to any one of the 25 county board members to come on this show and talk about things of that nature and explain them in that logical fashion. Um, The other thing I always ask in regard to that whole situation when people talk about it is um, the fact there's a vacant building right across the street like literally there's that church that's your used to be church that um it isn't hasn't been anything for quite some time and so has there been any sort of i know people were talking about developing the courthouse if that does end up coming down has there been any talk about people taking a walk right across the street and developing a similarly sized building which has also been similarly vacant 
there has not been talk about that type. I, uh, it's owned by a local business leader. Uh, he has several building, a number of buildings downtown and around the community that he owns. Um, and we've been talking with him. He is currently working on remodeling a project right now, building and making it useful again uh, in Rock Island. Mm -hmm. And he has made the commitment as soon as that project is complete, that's the next one he's going to move to. Um, Now, once again, his uh, plans at this point are to tear the church down, but there's a rectory behind it and save that. Um, He has talked about saving the uh, bell tower. Now, whether economically that works or not, to have these once again, Mike, are you afraid of snipers? Yeah, that's I mean, exactly. They, that, that was the, the big thing. That I mean, literally, like we could see it through your window. Is that why you're growing the vines up over the window to dissuade any? I am not. Uh, I'd be clear on that. Um, but he thought it'd be kind of a landmark. It'd be kind of unique to keep the bell tower uh, sure, and, sure. And, and with the church there and that that part of the history. Uh, but you need a little parking there. What's he thinking about doing with it? You know, I'll call it, I hate to use the word strip mall, but the rectory can be uh, uh, put into a multiple uh, uh, spaces. It could be office spaces, mm-hmm. could be some type of retail um, yeah, there. So he's not exactly sure uh, what to, what's going to go in there. But that type of a retail, his first thoughts are is retail, uh, independent uh, stores mm-hmm. that would be right off the you know location, right off the, the bridge. So you can uh, try to uh, get some Iowa people to, uh, to share in that. Right. Anything else you got? Go- anything else that is kind of going on behind the scenes? I know last time I came to interview you, you were in final discussions with the folks from Billy Bob's in the district, and uh, they were just about to. They were looking at um, building that country bar. That seems to be going pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else like that? That's just about ready to to roll out. You know, um, we have uh, called Miss Bermani's. It's the sure, old yeah. uh, Barclay uh, uh, clothing store downtown Rock Island. She's uh, working on her uh, final stages of remodeling that building and also adding up on the roof mm-hmm. and doing this. She uh, sells a lot of beauty supplies, nice retail. She's been expanding and needs more space. But she's also putting a, a nice venue up on the second floor and on the roof mm-hmm. that you want to rent it for uh, uh, wedding parties or whatever, you class reunions. Uh, you can have a party up there and actually up uh, the roof too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that's going to be a nice addition. It's a cool idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. Uh, we also right next to that, and it's not right on the cusp of it, but it's uh, we've been working with it for a long time. We uh, call it the best building. That's what they're calling it. But it's the uh, more recently with the Vandergins Law Office mm-hmm. was in there. Uh, you go way back. It was a Cleveland agency. But uh, that building, um, we're still working with that developer. Uh, on financing everything else to uh, rehab that building. Mm-hmm. Once again, very historical. He's, uh, he is working with historic tax credits to mm-hmm. re- restore a lot of the history in it. And that would be uh, 33 apartments and 11 uh, boutique uh, hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is uh, coming up. Now, that may be uh, you know, a nine, to, nine months to a year before we see that actually starting to happen. It takes time to get the type of financing uh, put together. And that's you know, twelve to fifteen million dollar project. Mm-hmm. So it's a fairly large, complex issue. Um, so that's uh, uh, you know, is happening, um, or hopefully happening, um, is is a, on the larger side. Uh, we got um, actually right uh, as we know, a G, it was called GTI, Green Thumbs Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a marijuana. Com- cannabis uh, growing facility out in southwest Rock Island. Mm-hmm. They're doing a $17 million expansion. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, like, you know, in, in a separate topic yeah, we'll and how, that, how that's going to impact Rock Island. Yes, it is. Okay, well, well, so I will hold off on that one. But, so, but that project's happening. Um, we're in negotiations with a, a couple other companies on building a 100,000-square-foot warehouse mm-hmm. um, out in southwest Rock Island. Um, so, once again, it's still negotiating. may happen, may not happen, not making any promises. But uh, if it happens, it'll happen uh, early uh, 2020. Um, uh, there's another, there's a union local that's looking to expanding and, and uh, talking with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we got a number of things that are on the, uh, you know, talking in cusp uh, with the development. I'm trying to think, I know I'll forget somebody. I, as soon as you leave the room, it's kind of like, oh, right. I forgot to mention this project. Um, we've got about 40 different economic development projects on the list. Mm-hmm. All different stages. Some we've just placed a couple calls. Some with people showing some interest and we're showing properties to. Um, some they're getting close to signing deals. You know, some large, some small. Uh, so we've got a lot of irons in the fire. Sure. It's just a matter of getting them to, to, to pop, and, and that's what it takes. As you as you know, you could have forty items on the uh, on the table, and only five might uh, stick and happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the the numbers you got to play. Um. Let's talk a little bit about the new development uh, going on with the Y and the library. Uh, I was really sad to see that the thir- I'm, I live around the 3031 uh, library, and I remember walking there with my son when he was a little, you know, little kid, taking him in a stroller and going to get library books. And I frequent the 3031 library on a regular basis, uh, and I was sad to see that that, that was going to be closed up. Uh, but now it looks kind of cool that you know there's going to be a bigger library it looks like and also sort of a y type facility um tell me a little bit about that as well as how is that going to impact ryfac at all because i know ryfac is kind of around the corner there and um are we looking at a library facility that's bigger than the current one with 3031 how is the whole ymca thing gonna play into it etc you know, it, it is a great uh, thing to put together. And, and let me just emphasize real quick, uh, with the library deal, they're not closing and in no intentions of closing downtown, even if they when they open this back up. Right. So um, unlike what you saw, we saw in Moline a number of years ago, um, at this point, there's not intentions of having just one. Mm-hmm. So now that being said, the, the project is, and, and it will be a little larger than what they currently have if, if this happens. Uh, the Y has did a study with the Scott County Y. The Moline Y did a study and found there was a market underserved in Rock Island, mm-hmm. even with RIFAC going as it, sure. it is. And now the biggest market underserved was the people that couldn't afford the dues. Right. Yeah. And the Y offers the opportunity of a sliding scale depending on what you make. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some people that don't pay anything. There's some people that pay, you know, half of it. <clears throat> it varies. Where the RIFAC does not offer that as an opportunity. Not criticizing them. Mm-hmm. It just it's a public entity and oh, sure. is, is sure. limited on what it can do that way. Um, it will have, if it happens, it will have a slight effect, I believe. Don't know for any facts. On RIFAC. But there's a lot of things that the Y has that the, the RIFAC Right, would not have that the uh, RIFAC does. No racquetball courts. Mm-hmm. Y is not going to have. No pool. Right. They're not going to have a full-size gym. There's, right. a, there's, there's already a gym in the Jewish Center. It's a three-quarters size length. Um, so it's just for programming. So the RIFAC is still going to have those type of amenities uh, that the Y does, would not. So the Y is going to be more of a lifestyle programming center, whereas RIFAC is more of your traditional rec center. That's correct. So where the overlap is, the wellness side. 
exercise uh-huh. equipment, walking uh, a walking track. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where there's an overlap. So yes, there could be some people that uh, transfer over to the Y instead. Uh, there's people that may not be happy with the Y and go to the RIFAC, mm-hmm. but didn't know about it until they got exposed. And this, this. Sure. So, you know, our our hope is that the exposure is minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same token, is is can the city add or should the public um, uh, ignore it that there's still, and not serve all of the public? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think it's a good fit. Uh, mm-hmm. For the Y to be here, there was a Y in Rock Island at one time. Yeah, sure. And so now there was not a Rifac at that time, right? Um, but because that's where the Y was, um, so it should be able to complement each other for the most part. A little bit of competition. The Y is going to do programming, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like they have now. They're you know, sit babysitting and uh, a place for the youth to go after school or before schools mm-hmm. and those kind of things in summer months. But, you know, that's where it dovetails well into the, to the library. Right. Because the library does a lot of programming. People, uh, I, at least myself, I stereotype uh, libraries for a long time. So they're saying, boy, is there, why do we have libraries? Electronic age, people uh-huh. are doing it online. Right. Well, I spent some time at the library and found right. that uh, people, there's still a lot of people renting books or leasing, you know, oh, yeah. checking books out. Lots. I mean, thousands. And so... It still is a need that way. But then the, the, the libraries have also reinvented themselves and doing other things. They loan out fishing poles, Wi-Fi hotspots, sewing machines, those type of things, laptops. They also do programming. They have the elderly come in and read to the young ones and vice versa mm-hmm. and do a lot of different, you know, that type of programming. They offer computers for people to come in and fill out applications and, and to get jobs, surf the net, because they either can't afford or don't understand the electronics as well enough. So the library serves a major purpose uh, for their community. Mm-hmm. So this allowed them to expand. And both of them can meet the you know, once they have some, have some needs met. Once again, my child may be going and, and uh, to a program at the Y while I go to the bo- uh, library and surf the web or right. read a book or read the newspaper or vice versa. Take my son to a, uh, you know, or a child to a uh, reading deal at the library and I'm gonna go do some exercising at the time. Uh, daycare, uh, once again, I wanna spend some time at the library. My child's too young, he's too impatient, so can I put him in, in, uh, in daycare? So. The two can marry together very well. Mm-hmm. It's not new. It's new to the Quad Cities, but it's not new to the U.S. There's a number of no, Ys no. and libraries right. that uh, have uh, combined uh, their resources. Mm-hmm. So it seems to make a, a good fit uh, with everybody. Um, and the Jewish Center is needing to uh, uh, relocate uh, and, and resize their building. And so it seems like a natural fit. Mm-hmm. Now, the process that it's in right now is they're doing a financial study to make sure they can raise the money to do this project. At this point, there's no public money going into it. It'd be all private. Right. Um, and so they're currently in that stage. You see, it's about a $7 million project. Uh, so they got to see if the community is willing to support that. So it is still subject to that happening. If, if they do the study and find out that, no, the public's only willing to finance $4 million or $5 million, the, the project may go away. Mm-hmm. Um, may find it goes the other way and there's strong support and they can even expand more right. so that's the stage that it's at right now is doing the financial uh, study to see if the, the city and the other community can uh, can support it now what's going to happen with the old library building 3031 uh when is the close date on that and then also what's the the plan for that building 
You know, I heard like December 13th or uh, somewhere there is a close date on it. Yeah. The library owns that building. Uh, and once again, people uh, think that the city owns the libraries, the city runs the libraries. We do not. Right. There's a separate entity. If you look at your property tax bill, there's a separate line item for libraries on there. Mm-hmm. There's their own taxing body. Now, the, the city council does determine those, those taxing rates, but we do not own those. The city does not own those buildings mm-hmm. or manage them. Uh, or the director. There's a, there's a library board that uh, controls all of that. So they are going to put the building up for sale mm-hmm. and uh, see what happens with that first. The building does need some love. It uh, needs a new roof and some uh, air conditioning and heating units and uh, et cetera. So uh, it, it, someone's going to have to give it some love. Or once again, we hate to keep talking about tear down. Uh, tear down, you can put a house there. You can build a, you know, have a nice coffee shop there. Sure. Um, there's a lot of little things that uh, clothing store, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a, it's a size you could do, uh, you know, consignment store. Um, there's a lot of different things it could be. That it's zoned for that's zoned for retail, isn't it? You know, I think that it's it, whether it's zoned for that. I'd have to check the zoning. If not special use permit, it right. could be re- residential zoning. But what you do is you off, we offer special uh, uh, use permits. Yeah, because I know that's it's a residential neighborhood, but I, right next to it is that building used to be Attica Studios and that's private residence but it was also like multi-zoned or something for, for that and so, so I was curious as to so you could put any retail in there then you could if it's zoned that if it's not zoned that you got to come to city council or the zoning planning zoning to get a special permit but I don't think that would be a problem uh, depending on what it is right. it's not going to be gambling it's sure. not going to be cannabis I can that right. I can it's promise the, you yeah. no, there's not going to be a strip club there Mike okay so yeah they can't do those anymore <laughs> But uh, so so that we will protect, right? Um, and that's the idea of the special use permits versus just zoning it, uh, changing the zoning. Um, but the city is is uh, open to looking at uh, those type of neighborhood uh, friendly uh, type of uh, situations, right? Um, strange phenomena of the Quad Cities, which we see. Then again, this is no slight on local businesses whatsoever. I love local businesses. I love locally owned businesses. I love businesses that are distinct to this area. Now that said, let's look at the reality of the situation. Whenever a new franchise comes to the Quad Cities, people absolutely lose their freaking minds. You get Portillo's, there's lines around the block. Krispy Kreme, there was lines around the block, although that didn't last long, obviously, because Krispy Kreme went under. This new Cane's place up by Portillo's, people are going nuts for that. What's the chance of Rock Island getting a franchise that isn't currently in the Quad Cities, like a White Castle or something like that, that people would likewise lose their minds over? You know, we keep trying. Uh, we were working on it. Uh, myself, uh, along with uh, several others, went up to uh, Chicago about a month ago, I guess now, to a retail uh, a show called ICSC mm-hmm. uh, and uh, talked to a number of those type of things, those stores, those companies, uh, along with developers that represent those type of uh, stores. Uh, and we got a warm welcome, but nothing commitment committed yet. So, mm-hmm. yes, we are looking at those, trying to solicit uh, that type of a, a situation to, to come to uh, Rock Island but have not had uh, the success yet. Had, some had said no. Some have said, eh, we'll come take a look. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're showing them around. That's what I'm curious because that would be something that people would cross the river for. If you had one or two of those places that were distinct to in the Quad Cities and it was only in Rock Island, then you'd have people coming over like, well, the only place I can go and get White Castle or 
that's one that comes to mind immediately. I'm trying to think of like, you know, any other ones that people would actually like go crazy for. Cheesecake Factory was another one people were like mentioning. Um, and you had a Cheesecake Factory in White Castle or something in Rock Island. People would come from Davenport and Bettendorf to come over here to our side of the river to actually go to it because it would be more of a destination type of thing. We could start a fun rumor and say Trader Joe's is coming. You know, There you go. There you go. <laughs> Trader Joe's coming. There's, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's a rumor, guys. Uh-huh. It's not happening. It's not happening yet. And the chances of that one are slim. But right. but yeah, that's exactly what we've been trying to, to look for, along with others. Right. Uh, you know. And, and we've got a, in a number of spots that we could locate those mm-hmm. uh, type of things. But I'd, the obvious one is 11th Street, uh, yeah. uh, Watchtower uh, Plaza down there. Uh, but along with others, down by city limits, there's an empty lot as far sure. as empty lots go. Um, there's one up by the American Bank building. And, and so there's several different spots. Um, so we're, we're trying for those along with the, uh, some others. What, uh, what is the status of 11th Street, the 11th Street Corridor? Uh, what's the status of downtown? I mean, those are the two you know, big areas that people look to for development. There's the downtown. Obviously, there are a number of empty storefronts. And, of course, 11th Street, um, it's clear. So is there anything, are there any developments in terms of either of those spots? You know, not at this point. Nothing, you know, I... That I could even start a rumor on. Uh, there's nothing we've talked. No Trader Joe's, Mike. No Trader Joe's. <laughs> um, some have said down to Left Street, Home Depot, and that, uh, you know that we told Home Depot no. Uh, that's not true. Um, but um, so we've we once again have had a number of good sized retailers uh, that we've talked to, and actually two of them have not said no. They just said not yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then of course we ask then when, and they say uh-huh. we'll get back with you, but not yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take a look at next year. But uh, so there, there's still some uh, some interest. Uh, you know, a thought may be if this if, if the down the street goes a little bit longer, uh, we may change gears a little bit and go instead of saying it's retail because um, we've been trying very hard for grocery stores and retail in that spot. Right. If not that, then what? And so is it a mixed use deal? Could we put uh, in and I say we could we solicit a uh, Olympic sized swimming pool? There's not one, the closest one's Iowa City, mm-hmm. that you can hold regional meets, mm-hmm. um, as an example. Should we uh, talk to the school district and, and you know, combine the junior highs? They've talked over the years of combining the two junior highs into one school. Would that be a good site for it? Um, now, some of those don't pay taxes. Right. But, and, and this is a big but, does it draw traffic and people down to that area that then you can take other sites along that right. corridor and make them retail mm-hmm. and bring in smaller ones uh, there. So, because the, the biggest hangup we've had when we're talking to retailers is what's the traffic count? Uh, what's the demographics right. in the area? And unfortunately, they're not very heavy right. at this point because the strip mall's gone. Yeah, there's there was there. some there, but it's gone. So, who is the chicken and the egg? Mm-hmm. We can't get traffic unless you're there. Well, I don't want to get there unless you have traffic. Well, mm-hmm. which is going to happen first? Right. So, do you change gears and drive the traffic in a different format? Like, and I use this as an example, not as that it's, is, it is what it is, it's happening, but a pool. Um, you know, a, 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 I'm trying to think of those golf uh, deals, the high rise golf deals, the double sure. deck. Uh, Draw a blank on the name of them, but uh-huh. uh, do, does that does that you know do something like that uh, draw the traffic, and then you can open up other spots along the Levin Street corridor for retail? Kind of repeating, but so we may change gears uh, in the next year or so here if this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But there's no doubt our first priority so far has been retail, 
even within that grocery store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there really isn't. I mean, there's Hybee and Rock Island up on the hill, but there's really nothing on the bottom of the hill for a while. I mean, there, there's not a whole lot down so there. As we've talked about that location, there's other locations in Rock Island that mm-hmm. we're still also promoting, I mean, and trying to push on. Um, there is, you know, downtown Rock Island. You mentioned the empty stores downtown Rock Island. Sure. Uh, is one uh, and uh, you know we're working again with uh, an organization called Dari part of Renaissance Rock yeah. Island and uh, can we do some collaboration a stronger collaboration with them in marketing the downtown you know once again everybody says oh it's a great for independence uh, and, and entrepreneurs and everything else yes but how do you get the message out to you? how do you find those entrepreneurs right you know it's easy to go to a trade show instead of saying oh there's Trader Joe's or there's Starbucks or whatever and you talk to them but if someone's just thinking in their in their, in their sitting there in their home, thinking of opening a business and creating something, how do you, you, you can't just, you know, randomly dial people, say, you thinking about opening a right, business, right, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so how can you get in front of those people, and I see those, that, that type of people, or that type of industry, to open those stores? Hold an unplugged and have people come, specifically invite people that are interested in potentially doing businesses mm-hmm. and have a workshop for them in regard to that. There you go. It's exactly. There's a, there's a good idea. You're welcome, Mike, for that idea. Exactly. See, that was a free advice. <laughs> Sean, I know that I liked you for a reason. Free advice. It's not a consultant coming in here and telling us how to do things. You haven't got my bill yet. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> but, you know, but that's exactly, and that's what we do. But what we also want to do is, is, is that we find, once again, a barrier with that is mm-hmm. most entrepreneurs, independent, small ones, starting at first, are short on capital. Sure. And that's the one, number one thing you got to have. Once again, bills have got to be paid. you got to buy inventory, whatever it is. And so that's a struggle. So what we're really trying to do is, and we've been talking to HUD, and we've been looking at our budgets and everything else. Can we, how can we help with the right agencies and the right uh, uh, format to put that together to ha- help with that stigma or that problem with mm-hmm. capital? You know, because once again, even loans, banks are sitting saying, wait a minute, it's a startup. Uh, sure, you know. yeah. So in some cases, they're needing grants. Right. And, and, and it's, you know, you hate to have a free you know, handouts and everything else. But uh, that's what they need is maybe this is a friend of mine called lasagna financing. Mm-hmm. You need a little bit of their money. Mm-hmm. You need a little bit of grant money from somebody. And then you can, you know, loans and that sort of thing to get. It. But so is that the thing we could do? It's also getting the people that own the buildings together downtown. Mm-hmm. You know, once again, you need their enthusiasm and their commitment also. How's that coming along? Because I know we've talked about that before where, you know, the, the there seems to be a, a glacial pace in terms of development downtown in downtown. And I don't know whether that's because of ownership not wanting to move things or develop it or it's not interested developers or, or what the deal is. You know, I, I hate to use the cliche again of the chicken and the egg, but uh-huh. some business owners, the people, not business owners, property owners are sort of saying, oh, I'm not going to invest in my property until I got someone that's going to be here to rent it from me. Um, well, the problem is, is that what's going to happen first? They're not going to look at your property, number one, if it's not presentable. Right. And so you need to get it presentable and have a good market rate on your building or space. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them have uh, thinking they're, they're asking too much money. Mm-hmm. You know, and I give the example, somebody might sit there saying, well, it's you know, $12 a square foot to, to rent and everything else. Well, the market's eight. Mm-hmm. And, and so, well, I gotta have 12 to be able to afford it. Well, you're not gonna get anybody. Right. You gotta go with the market. Right. Uh, if you can't live with that, then sell the building and let somebody else uh, uh, attempt to do it. Right. So that's what I guess, working with the owners, we have not had, and what we are planning to do in the near future, 
can't tell you exactly how in the future, but near future, to get the business owners together and or go visit with them one-on-one as a city instead of saying, how can we, not to dictate by no means, how can we help be a team to get your property marketed? Mm -hmm. And what are those hurdles? So that has not happened yet, and we hope to do that in the near future. There's some talk about, uh, obviously, the Betplex. The TBK Bank Center has done very, very well. Um, they've you know, had uh, you know, some, some you know, tough times out of the gate in terms of marketing and getting the word out there in terms of some of the things that they got going on and just kind of getting on the right path. But it's a fantastic complex, and um, obviously it's drawing a lot of retail over to where it's at you know you see strip malls starting to pop up over by there and you're having people coming in they're starting to get the ball rolling towards you know bringing in soccer tournaments and baseball and everything else um there's also been some talk about uh moline doing something similar to that i know a couple of people that are talking about that um any chance of Rock Island kind of throwing their hat into the ring? You mentioned the Olympic-sized swimming pool type of thing. Um, you would think that if something like that wasn't developed on 11th, if it was developed downtown, you would have a hub of people being drawn in. That helps the hotels downtown. That helps the businesses downtown. And you've got that magnet. You've got that traffic. Has there been any talk about anything, anything like that taking place? Not at this point, not downtown. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only place that's been talked about is a lot in Levis Street. Uh Um, But that is the exact idea that we talked about. But not with sport. When I say sports, swimming, yes. Uh You don't want to duplicate. Once again, it's sometimes people are saying, well, if one works and is great, two is better. Right. That's not always the case. You know, one tax layer uh, building is fine. Two is bad. Right, yeah. You know, type of a deal. One backplex is fine. Two could be bad. So you got to find... I think you're right as far as the philosophical part of it. Mm-hmm. Just what is it? Right. Is it a golf deal? Is it a swimming? Is uh-huh. it? It may not be sports at all. It could be, you know. And I'm not the most creative individual, but you got to find that one thing that isn't in the quad cities. Sure. That could be that it could be that could be supported. That could be that driver. And so yes, we are wanting to look at that type of philosophy. Hadn't looked at it downtown, but that's an idea. The question is where and what size. And, yeah. You know, you do an Olympic-sized pool with uh, uh, with spectator seating and everything else. That takes a, a pretty good size footprint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, investment. It's a twelve to fifteen million dollar investment that somebody's going to do. The city's not going to do it. The city's not going to own and run it. So somebody's got to do it. Right. Like the Backplex right. and those others. Um, so what footprint downtown can you have like that? Right. We don't want to tear any old buildings down. Uh, right, yeah, <laughs> thank true. you. Yeah, Joe, let, listen to that, Joe Lemon. <laughs> don't want to tear any old buildings down. But um, So that's, that's the delicate part. But that's where we need to, to start working on, a, on a, that vision. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a lot of plans put together for downtowns, including downtown Rock Island. Uh, so it, I don't think we want to hire a consultant, do another downtown planning and everything else. Mm. I think we know what we or that we can strategize on those type of things. And now it's just where. How do you want to implement that mm. vision of implementation? Right. And that's what I think we're lacking at this point uh, in the city of Rock Island is that vision of implementation mm. uh, and where. Yeah. The, well, that's when I heard about them looking at building one in Moline um, off of um, the, the location they were looking at was South Park Mall. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're even closer to Batplex than we are. I mean, I could see us doing something similar because we're 
40 minutes, 45 minutes away from the Betplex if you hit bad traffic. Whereas Moline, you hop on the highway and it's not anywhere near as far. Although I could see like Illinois side, Iowa side, that that type of thing. Um, I don't know if it's going to go anywhere. That's just, you know, the talk is... I've talked to a, few, a couple of the potential investors, and they've talked about building something around South Park Mall. South Park Mall is still there. That's the other thing is, I don't know, what they're you know, thinking about knocking it over or whatever. So who the heck knows? It could just be speculation at this point. Um, let's talk about something that um, is going to happen. The only question is how. January 1st, marijuana becomes legal on the Illinois side of the river. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. We are a border city um right across the river is iowa where it is illegal um how do you think it's going to impact the illinois side of the river and how do you think it's going to impact rock island specifically did you bring your samples with you we can <laughs> not yet mike oh, well, okay, wait okay. a couple months okay, yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you know for the most part the cities, the only uh, thing they have control over at this point, and I hate to say the only, but majority, is zoning where the dispensaries and the infusions are going to happen. Where's that? Do you, do you see that happen in downtown? Or yes, we have. We've we've actually at this point passed that zone that the, the mm-hmm. ordinance and everything else, and it's uh, business zones and industrial, right? Which is downtown sure. for the most part, downtown, and then Southwest Rock Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit, oh, I guess, over by uh, uh, Rilco or uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Norcross building, that sort of thing. That's industrial over there, too. But, right. but for the most part, uh, uh, southwest Rock Island and downtown. Uh, we uh, will, I mean, do not and don't want it in close to the residential areas. Right. Uh, zone, residential zoned areas or mills. So that's what we've done as far as zoning, as far as location. Uh, there's no doubt that uh, we have two bridges over to Iowa. In Rock Island, mm-hmm. and so downtown would make the most economic sense for somebody to open a business because they can uh, easier, easier, easier uh, to tap into the Iowa market. Right, um, and so uh, that's where we envision it happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but the city doesn't have control. I mean, once again, it's downtown. We got that control. After that, uh, it's up to the uh, people that want to make the investment. Uh, the only other thing that we control at this point is uh, the taxes. And the state allows us to cap it at 3% sales tax, and we've done that. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we'll be doing on top of the 30 or 30-some-odd percent that the, the state is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the two things that we've already taken action on and, uh, and agree upon. The, um, and as soon as the Rock Island would see it, even if Rock Island sees it, you got to remember, Moline might go to Moline. And mm-hmm. when I say go, somebody may just decide to locate Moline or East Moline. Or, uh-huh. But is as soon as we'll see if anything is June of 2020 mm-hmm. um, because the first licenses that go out go to the medical dispensaries first mm-hmm. and have to be located not just to, you know have to be located in those facilities mm-hmm. so that's Milan so Milan will get the first recreational mm-hmm. uh, then the uh, uh, in here in October you apply for a license to be issued in uh, June mm-hmm. and those will be 75 throughout the whole state mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to remember that um, Chicago, I'm sure, is going to get oh, people sure. are going to want to locate up there. Uh-huh. So do all 75 go there? Who knows? Right. And, and when I say go there, they don't. They're not issued to the city. They're not issued to, the, yeah, to any of that. It's private individuals or mm-hmm. publicly traded in, uh, companies mm-hmm. that these are issued to. So they can locate them anywhere they want, mm-hmm. living with the, that city's ordinances. 
Um, we've had three different companies come and approach us and say, would we be interested in them being in, in Rock Island? We said yes. So we don't know who, we don't know when mm -hmm. or where, unfortunately. We know, and we can control a little bit of the where, a little bit. But they basically say, no, we want Moline instead. Mm -hmm. Then it's another six months or so or a year after that before another batch of licenses. So mm -hmm. we don't know when it's going to happen. Right. Sales in the city of Rock Island to get that 3%. Um, it may never. There may never a dispensary located in Rock Island, mm -hmm. not because we regulate it, just people decide not to. Right. Um, there's going to be a total of 300 in the whole state, a cap to 300, which is less than most states that have legalized it. Right. Um, so um, they're not going to be on every street corner. People think, oh, they're just going to be popping up all over like the gaming deals. And else. Right. No, they're regulated a lot closer than that. Now, the next issue that comes up is the cafes, the smoking cafes, if you want to call mm -hmm. them. Um, those are out there in limbo. If you read it today, it does look like the city could regulate how many of those are, where they're located, uh, that the state's not issuing licenses for those. Well, yeah, I was going to say, do those fall underneath the same purview, like, say, Hickey Brothers, for example? Mm -hmm. um, they all of a sudden decide, well, you know, we want to start serving cannabis as well in addition to the other products that we're that we're you know serving to folks um can they just immediately add it or do they have to get a special license on top of that that would distinguish them differently or are these other special licenses strictly for um dispensary only type of businesses new businesses that are distinct for that the state licenses are for um dispensaries and infusion mm -hmm. primarily and grow, but they're growing already you know, and growing. Sure. The smoking cafes, the state has left that in limbo. And, and, and so, right now, if you read the law right now, anybody can open them as long as it's a private facility. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing is that it cannot be open to the public where just the general public can walk in and out. Uh -huh. You have to be a private deal. Now, whether you have to charge $5, I'm not sure if you got to charge anything. How do you classify it as private? So but, it'd be like a club or something. That's correct. Okay. That is correct. And at this point, no licenses are required. Huh. That's interesting. Okay. Now, I say at this point, two things, three things could happen. One, it could stay that way. Mm -hmm. Two, the, I'm hearing that the state legislators are in veto session here coming up next week, I think, or this week, I can't, are going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. They may amend it right. and change that. Third option, or could be happen, is the city regulates those. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, if I'm only one person and speculating, if the state does not take uh, action on it, we as a city probably would. And we would then twerk on regulating that as how many, where they're located, mm -hmm. how they operate, and even potentially, and these are all just speculative, potentially you've got to get a license from the city. Mm -hmm. I mean, once again, we could sit there saying, we're going to require a license. It's X dollars. And the, here's the, what you got to do: is you got to have a lock on the door and you know mm -hmm. buzzed in or whatever it is to keep it private, not public. Uh, and we're only going to allow you know four in the city or right. twenty four in the city or who knows what. Now, with this, you as mayor, you're also liquor commissioner, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, so, say like 
Terry Tilka, and I'm not, this is total speculation. I'm just t- using Terry because Terry's a longtime businessman in the city. He owns Ribco, owns 2nd Avenue. He's a respected businessman. You know, he's not just some fly-by-night person who's coming in here. Say Terry, someone who, you know, is very respected, has had two longtime businesses, comes in and says, you know what, we want to add um, pot to, you know, what we're serving to, to customers and allow them to, to do this. Uh, how would that um, how would that take place? I mean, would that be something where like, okay, well, you can do it, but it's got to be in a separate room because there's no, no smoking ordinance within you know specific businesses. Um, how is that technically going to be able to happen? And is it is it going to be able to happen, or is that something that's completely you know off the books? I wouldn't say it's completely off the books. Um, You know, the city, at this point, the city would have to try to, you know, wouldn't have to, but would consider regulating that sort of thing. But it's going to have to be that it's a a private either room or building Mm -hmm. that the public cannot, would not have access to. Maybe I missed the question, but... um, uh, so Terry could do that. He could take a a second, he could take a separate building. He's got Second Avenue there. Close that off and everything else and say, hey... You want to, you know, go and enjoy that sort of thing. You got to go in there, or like the upstairs of Ribco, or something like that, or whatever. I, I, and again, I, I, I'm just throwing Terry out there because he's a, he's a, he's a, you know, big name downtown, and he's also somebody who's respected, right. who's been around for a while. So, like, that would be somebody who, if you were going to consider do some doing something, him, the Hitchcocks, you know, people like that who have been down here in Rock Island for a long time, you know them, you know, they're legit business owners, they're going to do things the right way, etc. That's why I throw them out there. So. Sorry. Sorry for I'm not throwing you under the bus, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then that's obviously we want to continue to help the businesses that have been here in in, in, in helping them grow and, and stay profitable and everything else versus just picking somebody brand new coming in. Right. But, uh, so yes, we would look at that, and that's another thing that can happen is that if we decide to do li- you know uh, licenses or limit them, how do you determine who those are? Right. And, and so does it fall on the liquor commission? Do you know once again that's an ordinance that's got to be written yet. Right. You could make it just like just like the liquor uh, uh, licenses we have, and you got to fill out an application and go through an insp- uh, 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 background checks and everything sure. else, and meet certain requirements. Is it strictly up to the council? Is it strictly up to the liquor commissioner? Is it strict? You know, don't know. Right. At this point, don't know. No. Another misnomer, real quick. I'm going to jump to infusion because mm-hmm. we've had some people come to city council and everything else, and they say, "Oh, what if I want to offer peach pie that has it infused in sure. it?" Sure. Well, you can't. Not just anybody can do that. You have to apply that. You have to apply to the state. Those seventy-five licenses that are coming out, mm-hmm. you have to apply for one of those. Okay. Okay. So it's not a city deal. Right. If you want to do infusion on any of your products at a restaurant or anything else and offer it on your menu, you have to get a state license, just like the dispensaries well, yeah, and everything else. Yeah. And so those are going to be limited to seventy-five at this point, and is very difficult to get. It's expensive. The application fees are high, right? And they're very complicated. I mean, it's, it's not just you know a well, simple. You, you, it's the same thing as a restaurant. You've got to go through the health commissioner and stuff like that, and make sure that things are you know that there's a certain sanitary aspect of it that is you know uh, adhered to. That's correct. But you got to pass background checks, right, yeah. just like just like a, a dispensary does. Mm-hmm. You've got to pass. You they're going to vet you. Uh, and to make any felonies, mm-hmm. uh, any outstanding issues, uh, have your property tax, everything been paid up, um, what your building, your life, what your building is like, what type of safety issues do you have right. in your building and everything else. 
And so the state's not going to issue those licenses just like, boy, this is, you know, yep, you paid the $500 or whatever it is, and it's more than that. Right. Um, uh, here's your license. Right. Um, and I don't know if they start giving preference to, my understanding is the law even gives preference to the medical ones first. Mm-hmm. The medical, people that hold the medical licenses right now get the very first recreational. Mm-hmm. They also can apply for eight more. They can have up to nine licenses. Mm-hmm. And they typically get preferential treatment and first shots at it. So mm-hmm. if you take the 55 of them and all go for nine, there's not enough licenses. Right. And so for a restaurant here to say, I want to do infusion and offer it now, dear, the chances of them getting the license from the state is going to be very difficult and very slim. What about a place like Hickey Brothers? Like Hickey Brothers, already, they're already set up. I mean, they've got, they're pretty much good to go, really. All they'd have to do is just add the product to their shelves. They've got the smoking rooms and everything else, so they'd pretty much be good to go. Now, you're saying that they wouldn't necessarily have to um, get one of those 75 licenses uh, if they set it up as a private club type of situation. Is that correct? Short of, you said that they could stock the shelves. You can be a smoking cafe, but you cannot sell it. Mm-hmm. To sell it, you have to have one of the 75 licenses. Okay. To smoke it or consume it, you do not. Okay. So there's a difference. So if you have a smoking cafe, mm-hmm. there's, you cannot purchase the product there unless they got a state license. Okay. So there's the difference. So um, Hickey Brothers would not be able to stock the shelves. Gotcha. They'd have to get one of the 75 licenses to do so. That's correct. Gotcha. That's correct. Okay. And then be a private inside it and once again if they're selling it you can't have them smoking it in the same room they're selling it because this where you're selling it's got to be open to the public mm-hmm. and so that when you're consuming it it can't be open to the public so it's right. two separate rooms right for the, for the sale and, and consumption and we got to remember that we're also continuing to talk about consumption of smoking what is the percentage of smoking versus gummy bears versus brownies sure. versus whatever mm-hmm. okay um now, that's a whole nother ball game of, you know, we talk about smoking and it's odd. You can smell it uh, typically and you can see it. Oh, and yeah, else. sure, sure. Gummy bears and brownies. You could be driving down the street and popping gummy bears and who's going to know? Well, that's uh, <laughs> another thing. Uh, there has been um, development of uh, a, a test like a breathalyzer where you can... Um, Test people's level of, of, of you know THC or whatever you know how high they are. Um, is that something I, I've talked to friends of mine who are police, and that's a concern that they've had in terms of things. Is, oh yeah, there going to be people who are going to be high all, all the time. And um, although most studies have shown there aren't, a, there isn't a huge influx of new adopters. Typically, when you see um, legalization, it tends to be more the people that were already buying it black market that just come on board and they start buying it more out in the open. And you see some sort of, you see like a, a small percentage of people that are like, oh, you know, I've never tried this before. I'm going to try it now that it's legal. But there tends to not be like a mass adoption where you see thousands and th- tens and thousands of people like, oh, man, I never tried this before. Now I am totally hooked on it. It just doesn't seem to be in large part, I'm sure, because marijuana is not a physically a physiologically addicting drug. Um, is that something that's been under discussion in the city about you know those elements of things? Have the police offered any sort of concerns in terms of people driving and any any other sort of uh, things of that nature to you or to anyone on the council? 
Absolutely. You know, uh, real quick, I'm going to back up and that, uh, believe it or not, a majority of the city council do not and would not have approved marijuana sales uh, if it wouldn't be for the, the tax part of it mm-hmm. and uh, be, having some uh, avenue for new revenue. Um, they all expressed, not all, everybody expressed their feelings at city council mm-hmm. after we passed the ordinance. And it passed unanimously. Right. But it was because of financial more than anything sure. else. Um, so a good number of them don't, uh, in, including myself, um, am not a big supporter of cannabis sales. Mm. And the, the police are the same way, is that, once again, they're going to have issues of there's a car accident, there's thefts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is, I'll say, drugs involved? And I say not just drugs of actually stealing the drugs, but were they under the influence? Mm-hmm. So now how are we going to test for it? What are we going to do? Right. What cost? There is technology out there that can do it on the street and swabs and everything else. But that stuff hasn't been tested all legally yet mm-hmm. either. You know, there's a, they say there's a system that's you, know, you can swab the saliva and put it in a deal and t- tell right away. Well, now you're infringing on somebody's body right. fluids. And so do I have permission or don't I have permission? Well, it's the same thing with the breathalyzer, though. You don't have to take a breathalyzer. That's exactly. So these things have not been, at least in Illinois mm-hmm. especially, this, have not been tested in courts. Um, and some of them are not cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who's going to who's we're going to come up with that money to get the any equipment for testing? Right. My understanding they have not come up with like alcohol point oh eight is is under sure. the influence. What degree of how much THC in your body is is is, is acceptable or not? Right. I haven't heard a number. Right. I'm not sure there is a number. Yeah, I don't know. And so now what mm-hmm. you know so we're going to have some expenses in, in in trying to determine those things. Do do we have a right to be able to get hair samples, urine samples? Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, you know, um, is, uh, you know, not conceding, conceding to give those things automatic guilt. Right. Uh, don't know. So, yes, there is some concern of how that's all going to be implemented. Is things going to, are things going to escalate? Is crime going to escalate? Um, are accidents going to you know, escalate? Mm-hmm. What do uh, businesses do when they have zero tolerance policies? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm throwing out, sometimes I'm answering now with, a que- with another question. And well, fortunately for Illinois and for you is that we've seen other cities do this. I mean, you've seen other s- states do this. I mean, the, Illinois is not the first. I mean, no. we're far from it. Colorado. There are quite a few other. Colorado's been doing for Colorado. quite a while. And, and, and if you look at Colorado, and, you, and, and, and boy, you different statistics when you right. look at different things. But overall, their crime rate has gone up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the unemployment has been an issue. And employment... And I say that employable employees has been a problem. Now, is it due to drugs? Is it coincidence? Don't know. I mean, you know, you can't hang it on there yet. It's they're saying it's because marijuana was legalized, crime has gone up. Well, crime has gone up. That's right. a fact. Yeah. Right. It was close to when you know it was legalized. Now you hate to draw a conclusion, but that could have, could be the issue. But so, there are larger macroeconomic factors that have also gone into the fact that crime has gone up and, yeah, and things exactly. of that nature, too. I mean, because marijuana was legalized, what, it was eight years ago, nine years ago, something like that. Well, the economic situation overall, the macroeconomic situation nationwide has crime has increased and unemployment has mm-hmm. increased and stuff like that. So That's exactly right. So I'm not drawing those conclusions. Right. I'm just saying is that, you know, but that's where trying to get that stuff. And even if it was eight years ago. 
some of that stuff is that trend has not been there long enough mm-hmm. and studies to know what it's all related yeah, to. To isolate it to isolate. versus any other macroeconomic trends. So that's the biggest reason we're saying even if we don't legalize it to be sold in the city of Rock Island, we're still going to have these issues mm-hmm. because someone's going to go to Milan, buy it, oh, yeah, and be under sure. the assumption, under the, uh, the, the influence in Rock Island, and we got to deal with how to test it. And, and do we have any expenses involved with the police department? And I'm saying yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's why let's then legalize it to be sold in, uh, in Rock Island and, and try to get some revenue mm-hmm. to offset those expenses. What uh, you know? It's funny we were talking about like the draw of something, um, having something down Eleventh Street that's going to draw traffic. Well, I've been to Boulder and to Denver and to you know California, a number of these places, and especially Boulder is the one that stands out in my mind because Boulder is not a huge city. It's you know it's a mid-sized city, uh, and there's a real long strip in Boulder where you go and it's about it's kind of like. Rock Island on a much larger scale where you have a number of blocks and along those blocks are a a handful of dispensaries and you also see a lot of businesses and um, a lot of restaurants and shops and things of that nature and um, when I was talking to the people out there they said oh yeah this has always been kind of a bustling area then the dispensaries came in and you saw you know a little bit more growth and things of that nature Um, if you did have if you did have a couple down here in downtown Rock Island along the strip on that Second Avenue strip, uh, could you see that being um, something of a draw, or to bring in different businesses that would uh, augment or complement those dispensaries, and that would pull in uh, people from the Iowa side to come over here when they otherwise might not? Absolutely, especially restaurants. People like sure. to eat well, that's after what that. I mean, that's, what, that's, what, that's what it was like in Boulder. Is you had like the dispensaries, and then you had all these different restaurants, and then you'd have, you know, your art, your little art boutiques and clothes shops and stuff like that. But it was a lot of restaurants and a lot of different kinds of food and bakeries and things like that. And it was actually it was a pretty cool strip of various blocks in, in downtown Boulder. I'm told when you're under the influence, you get hungry. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, that, that, there is that thought. And that's why we're not opposed to that at all. And we do think that that may help. Now, it could hinder some. There could be some people that, is, once again, I go back and stereotyped and or mm-hmm. are just so set against uh, cannabis and everything else. They say, I'm not shopping in Rock Island because they allow it. Right. Or I'm not going to go down that area because I don't want my kids exposed to seeing that sort of thing. Right. And so there could be the negative on it also. Sure. It's not all positive. So, uh, I, but we're not afraid of that. We think that it could help stimulate more activity mm-hmm. in, in visual to uh, an area, traffic, mm-hmm. and foot traffic, and that sort of thing. So, it, it could be very much positive, absolutely. You know, and I also want to come back to the taxing. A fear that I know I have, and I know some politicians have, and everything else in the state, is in the state of Illinois, it's taxed so high that if you do roughly 30% for the state, 3% for us, at 33%. Does that drive the price so high that the black market still survives? Right. And, uh, and so people think, oh, this will get rid of the black market and, and it will be regulated better and everything else. Uh, may not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that could still be a problem. So we got to be careful on how high we tax things. Mm-hmm. Um, the state, I think, gets a little aggressive. Uh, I talked to several politicians, and they thought at first they'd like to go for the first two years not taxing it at all mm-hmm. in the state to get it so cheap to drive the black market sure. out. yeah. Um, that didn't pass, obviously. Right. But uh, but that was a philosophical thought. 
or start off at a much lower tax rate, like a 10% or something like that, and then incrementally bring it up. But, you know, all of these things are fine in moderation. Right. The gaming uh, places, uh, you know, the, the, the smoking lounges or the uh, um, even bars, that sort of thing. Uh, but in excess is too much. Sure. And so that's where I, in the city of Rock Island, we used to understand we're okay with things in moderation. Mm-hmm. But we're going to regulate how many gaming machines are in the city. Sure. We're going to regulate how many uh, bars are in the, uh, in the city. We're going to regulate how many dispensaries and or smoking things are in the city. Because mm-hmm. you need to keep everything in, in, uh, in moderation. Otherwise, you do uh, change your image of your city dramatically. Right. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this case, my opinion is if you did all of those three areas in excessive, it would be a negative impact on the city. Mm-hmm. Um, anything we haven't touched upon that you'd like to talk about um, that, you, you know, maybe people need to know about, um, you might have on the horizon that you guys are working on here in the city? You know, we're always continuing to look at um, uh, being more efficient in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, one area, we uh, just uh, lost uh, the economic development director. Uh, the chief building inspector has been vacant for a while. Uh, I had a death there. Uh, so that leads you to taking a look at and, and do we need to reorganize departments and um, look at uh, streamlining things. And so we are currently doing that mm-hmm. to let people know that uh, we're, we don't get careless and just hire, number one, warm bodies just to fill a spot. Right. Number two, can we uh, take a look at efficiencies internally again with uh, payroll and everything else and, and uh, helping where we can. So we are currently doing that. It lends itself when you have a vacancy. It lends itself to that easier than when you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we're, we're continuing to push down that road um, and trying to be as efficient as possible. Mm-hmm. Open, once again, I, I'm going to emphasize we started the program out talking about unplugged and talking mm-hmm. about transparency. Um, continuing to push that. Mm-hmm. Uh, people sometimes don't believe it. Um, but if you talk to some of the people that walk into my office just off, off the street, on no appointment, and talk to me or talk to the city manager or whatever. We are very transparent. Mm-hmm. There's very, very few things we can't talk about. But there are a few. Right. Personnel issues you can't talk about. Oh, yeah, Obviously, sure. that's been around For forever. But even issues. economic developments, there's some that those companies are saying, we don't want it out there. Right. If you want us in your town, that's fine. But we're gonna, we want to keep it quiet until the day that it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we can't talk about those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's things like that that we can't be transparent about. But other than that, um, why not? Mm-hmm. And so we want to let people know that, that it's uh, continuing to improve on that. Is please express. Now, I guess also the connotation, some people said, well, I went down there and I told them about it, but they didn't do anything. Well, sometimes you can't. Right. Just because we listen doesn't mean we can do it. Right. Uh, you know, there's 10 people come in and 10 different ideas that contradict each other. Mm-hmm. You can't do them all. Right. And so... Uh, well, sometimes they're just not able to be done due to financial reasons or whatever. But some people get mad because right. it's kind of, you didn't listen. Well, we did. Right. And, and it just, for whatever reason, it, uh, it didn't work out. And maybe it can't happen today, but maybe it happens two years from now. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I guess I just caution people on that a little sure. bit is that we still want to hear ideas. We, te- we keep gathering I, you can see right, holding it you can't see it on the but <laughs> at, at a restaurant I'm right. taking notes okay uh, at, yeah. at a napkin I mean, it t- is a napkin that is, has writing on it I see an, an envelope and a number of our scraps of paper that you have here yeah. people that I call and, and that have issues that we do follow up on and work with and uh-huh. so uh, that's exactly right it's so please talk 
And you can talk with Mike and the various other city council members this Wednesday, October 30th at Riverfront Grill, 4619 34th Street in Rock Island. Doors open at 530. The discussion goes on from 6 to 730 p.m. It's Rock Island Unplugged at the Riverfront Grill this coming Wednesday. And once again, thank you so much to Rock Island Mayor Mike Tomes. I always appreciate the fact that you are always very transparent. You're always willing to come on the show and be very honest and, and open in regard to any question that I asked. You, there, there have been very, very few times Times when you have not answered a question and every time that has happened you have said well i can't answer it at this time due to you know whatever reason and there's a good reason for it so mike thank you so thank you so much i really appreciate it and um, thank you very much and i commend you for your uh, listenership i saw that you've got a lot of listeners a lot of people following you and congratulations on that uh, those numbers Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, and thank you for listening to QC Uncut, your source for uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. My guest today has been Rock Allen Mayor Mike Tomes. I'm Sean Leary. Hope you have a great day.